Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Oh, my windows are open. <laughs> shit. So much, so much <laughs> physicality. Bro, I, I screamed that and I just heard a dog bark no, somewhere in my you're, apartment complex. You're good. You're oh, good. That, no. that dog is, bro, that dog is yapping. Uh, that dog is I hear it. We hear it. I hear it. Oh, <laughs> man. Sorry, neighbors. Thanks for playing is... is God, oh, you, you boys take it. You boys take it. I'm going to mute myself real quick. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, take care of that. Close the window. Uh, so we're excited again. Uh, we are joined by Hot Mickey once again. Um, the people love him. You know, we're excited to have him on. So Mickey, say what's up. What up? Awesome. Fellow awesome. Uh, this is, uh, I think, your first time on a topical episode, which is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think just the way the schedule has worked out, I think we're going to end up seeing this topical episode come out next week. So apologies if we're a little bit behind on the news here. Um, we may miss things that happen after September 26th when we're recording this. But we do have an episode coming out this week, which is Bastion. Um, which we're super excited to record next. And uh, we'll just be going over a lot of really interesting things that have been happening, not only with gaming, but um, world events. I know Matt's got some hot headlines over here. We're dipping into some political things here, <laughs> which <laughs> I'm totally, qualifi totally qualified to talk about, which I'm super, super excited for. Are we um, political here? Oh, I guess. Uh, well, you got, the, you got the Snowden thing, so. Oh, uh, so funny. <laughs> we'll take that for now. <laughs> but before we jump into that, let's talk about uh, what we've been watching, what we're excited to get released soon. Matt, what you got for release watch? Oh, man. You know, honestly, so I'm still I'm still reeling over Cyberpunk Edgerunners. I um, consistently just over the past week have been going back and just rewatching it, like clips from it. Rewatched a few episodes the other day. I'm actually watching some episodes in the dub of it. I was curious to see how the dub was, and it's actually very Ooh. good. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the the main voice actor for the dub, I don't know their name, but is also the voice actor for Kashi. in Cyber. Oh, I thought there was a cyberpunk actor from the game that was in the America the English dub. Adam Smasher is played by his dub. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which character? Adam Smat or Kakashi, the, the voice actor for Kakashi Hatake and Naruto, the English dub, oh. I, I believe also plays the voice actor for uh, David Martinez, which is the, the lead character in the show. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I've been loving going back on that. And then as well, um, I'm still watching uh, Aoashi, a soccer anime that Mickey actually put me on. Oh my um, god! I just finished that. Oh, yeah, is that is that the final uh, season? It's the, fi it's oh, the season. season. Okay. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. Um, it's it's interesting to watch a sports anime that I actually understand the sport because when I really my main introduction to, like say volleyball is through Haikyuu. so it's interesting hearing like these really just dumbed down things like or like these really just basic like concepts in soccer, really really dumbed down. Um, so I'm enjoying that. And then, yeah, I've been watching soccer too. The U.S. had a friendly against Japan. Uh, we lost 2-0. Really poor performance for, fought by us, actually. Japan crushed us. Um, so <laughs> shout out shout out to Japan. Uh, I saw you watching that one. Yeah, it was. On your B-reel. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a stressful, upsetting match, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> <laughs> Very nervous about the World Cup and two, or coming up here quickly. But I digress. Um, that's, uh, that's what I've been on lately. Yeah. All right. Nice. Also, I, nice. I just looked it up. Uh, David Martinez does not play Kakashi, but does play Tanjiro in 
uh, Demon Slayer. Oh, uh-huh. there you go. Uh, okay. Did you watch the Demon Slayer's dub, Matt? Or is that... I must have heard it at some point or another. Yeah. I'm just... Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. So I got a few things for release watch here. Uh, one, as of today, literally like 3 p.m. this afternoon, Wrath of the Lich King dropped in uh, WoW Classic, which is pretty cool. Um, I talked about in the last podcast, I've been playing some WoW Classic again. And for those of you that don't know, it's basically like Blizzard has been re-releasing everything that came out 10, 15 years ago. They released original WoW Classic that you could play. Then they released the they re-released the first expansion. Now they've re-released the second expansion, which is Wrath of the Lich King. So it's been super cool because pe- players are literally playing through like this historic kind of timeline that Blizzard has put forth with uh, World of Warcraft. So Wrath of the Lich King is when I started playing. The official like expansion is out, so you can now go to the new zone. You can now like do some of the new dungeon or do the dungeons that are quote new, right? So people are stoked on that. Um, so that was cool. There's another three hour long queue to get into the server, which had gone away t- t- for t- a few weeks. Blizzard games. Yeah, dude. A- every Blizzard game has an, an, such an annoying time logging in. They do not understand the demand for the games that they release sometimes. It's really sad. Because like, what's annoying is they, they could allocate more resources or like predict this better, but they're just like trying to cut costs on servers or staff to build servers before they do it to gauge interest first and then potentially increase the like resources that have to be allocated it's just it's so dumb but anyway pretty hype there um i've been watching the wire rewatching. i guess i should say i've watched the first two seasons when i was in college but i have a newfound appreciation for it right now um damn it's so good just <laughs> the system boys the system is crazy it's just uh you guys know that show or have either you ever watched it matt you watched uh, it i'm familiar it's like a political show right well, it's a cop show, but oh, it's like show, a pretty yeah. atypical cop show from like the early 2000s, Baltimore PD. Like every season is about one singular case and it's all about building a case like with evidence and like slow methodical surveillance and stuff like that. But it's mostly about like institutions and like systems and stuff. What's it's better, The Wire or the first season of True Detective? Oh man, they're so different from each other. <laughs> uh, True Detective is like, you know, super super like cinematic and like stylized and dark and like just it's like watching a big movie whereas the wire is more like it's more like watching a long play or something like that it's like there's not even any music in the wire really like it's just like yeah it's just like talking and like really slow methodical like commentary on like america and like the, the justice system and stuff like that so loving that uh overwatch 2 is dropping in a few days we playing that what's going on there nope, it's, drop- it's literally no dropping plan. in like a week are we i don't we care? Care. I'm playing that okay i don't, I, I, don't I, I feel like it's already it feels like it's been out already because just because it's the beta i yeah. know there have been a lot of beta players and i just have not paid a single oh that reminds me i played the Modern warfare 2 beta oh you did how is yeah. it yeah it's fun i liked it i yeah. mean it's call of duty you know yeah but yeah, um yeah. i felt like the uh, did something a little bit different with the UI or not UI the just how it looks when you aim down sights of your gun. I, I guess I would almost call it just more realistic, like the way the the reticles look. So okay, I, uh, nice. I fuck with that. I, I went on a nice killing spree with a, with a hold on. Wow. I mean, how weird is it that I say I went on a nice killing spree? Just with that sense came out of my mouth. I've never heard. Take I've never out, heard take Matt. That out of context. Yeah. Never heard Matt ever say those words in yeah. any video game. Wow. That was the thing. Um, yeah. uh, but um, 
<laughs> yeah, I went on a nice little spree with the sniper. Had had some fun. I only played for like like an hour maybe, but it's cool. And um, that's a game I play a lot with some of my homies. So I'm looking forward to uh, nice. jumping into that one. Yep. Uh, so last last thing I have here. This isn't release watch, but this is just fun news. Um, I am all booked up, me and Katie, for Korea and Japan this mm-hmm, winter, mm-hmm. this New Year. Awesome. Um, super, super stoked. Um, I've always you know, wanted to go. never been to Asia before, any countries in Asia. And um, always wanted to. Japan's kind of a childhood dream. I think it's kind of everybody. I think it's kind of all of our dreams, really, is to go there one day. I know we've always, always all talked about it. But um, I'm super stoked. my favorite destination i want to go to right now yeah yeah and uh getting recommendations from everybody uh my brother and uh sister-in-law went to japan a couple years ago but any viewers out there anybody that has any suggestions for anywhere in korea or japan to hit up um definitely dm me hit me up on on discord and everything i'm uh open to every suggestion we are planning on going to the dmz which i'm really excited about i um man that you can make a great TikTok there. I tell you that much. <laughs> thanks, thanks for playing DMZ TikTok. You might you might find yourself in a North Korean gulag, but oh man, God. it's not really like there's like a museum there and stuff. It's like you can you like get like right up on the visit. line though, can't you? I think you can. Yeah, yeah, I think they do like tour. They do tours and stuff. It's not as well. I mean, it's obviously a very politically charged geographic area for oh, sure. Yeah. But it's not like you're gonna get freaking kidnap when you go it's like it's a museum and a destination people go to like, i'm not suggesting that but i'm like i'm just saying maybe for the tfp tiktok maybe you just go a, <laughs> just do well, a, i can't do like a quick like uh hopscotch back and forth see what happens <laughs> the, the tfp tiktok i wanted to make was actually hanging out in like a pc pong in seoul if i could because mm, be one, hot, one be bucket list league in korea on the Korean servers. What do you think, Mickey? Oh my God. I, I would love to do that. <laughs> get just get wrong. bodied. Just get nine, completely nine bodied. King League sounds incredible. I do just want to see what the nine ping actually feels God. like. And just, I'll try I to get a game in. I actually move right when I what? click. What oh, are we, what are we playing on here? What are we we play 60. Like 60 ping. We play 60 ping. Yeah. It feels great. It can no, feel it better like, though. You don't even like know. Shit. You it don't even like, know how much better. Like you don't even know how much better it can feel. That's the. I thing. don't think anything can save but, that game for me. But but maybe I can hop on Hot Mickey. We can like do a bot lane, and I could just spam my ping when I get that penta. Because <laughs> that's I, the I flex. Need, I need a chance for my account to the Japanese server or the, the Korean <laughs> server. I mean. <laughs> okay, one day, one day. But anyway, that's uh, that's what I got. Uh, really exciting news there. And uh, me and Katie are super stoked. Again, any suggestions, please come to us in the Discord. Matt, if they wanted to send a suggestion to us via the Discord, I mean, where where can they find the Discord? How could they get in touch with us? Yes, everyone. So as always, you can find um, the link to our Discord in the link tree of any of our socials. Our social media handles are at TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. That is at TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. Um, that is Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram link tree that is there for all of those. And like I mentioned, just go in that link tree and you'll see the Discord link. You can also go to our website, thanks for playing.live. You can find the link to our Discord there. Or go ahead and shoot me an email and I will happily personally reply and send you uh, the link to the Discord through that avenue um, as well. Uh, no, that's that's about it, actually. That's all we got, yeah. Oh, no, and, and um, tell a friend about the podcast, why don't you? You know, yeah, yeah, we yeah. Love, we love out, spreading, uh, spreading the good word, but um, that's right. But anyway, we missed Mickey with uh, oh. before we move on from release watch. Mickey, Mickey what's what hot you for got? You right now? 
Uh, so for a video game I want to point out is a new indie game called Outbound Ghost. If you're a fan of the Paper Mario series, so like Paper Mario, uh, Huge fan. Thousand, thousand Year Door, this plays like plays all the hom- homage homage to th- that series before Nintendo ruined it with the more recent additions <laughs> to the series. Uh, so like pretty much all the like the paper like stuff, you're all you're just all different ki- kinds of ghosts. And it's super okay. adorable looking, and I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. It's what definitely it my next Outbound Ghost. It released about less than a week ago on the 20th. But it yeah. does look super cute. But I'm loving it. it. I've heard nothing but it's definitely my next single player game I'm playing. Love it. Okay, I love this log line. An adventure game about ghosts figuring out the causes of their own death and helping others come to terms with the afterlife. Oh. Sounds sick. Is that like the plot of the Sixth Sense? Uh, no, that's a that's a Sixth Sense spoiler, Matt. Technically, so <laughs> well, I'm gonna just go ahead and say no. <laughs> <laughs> that was I've been out for 25 years. It's yeah, we're, it's we're been out for a process on that. Um, yeah, I agree. All right. Well, a lot of a lot of fun topics today. We don't want to keep you all too terribly long here today. Uh, so we want to go ahead and jump into it. So first first bit of news here. Um, so, well, I'm going to keep mine pretty concise here. So a couple things off the bat for me. One, just again, going off of cyberpunk this last Sunday, it has peaked at its daily player count of 136,724, um, which is seven times it's high from August. So just kind of crazy to see the amount of, you know, hype this has brought back in the cyberpunk world. I know I'm one of those players been trying to get in some time here and there when I can, I think it's just really cool that. The anime reintroduced people into the game, and I think the game is in a much better spot than it was previously. Uh, so really, really positive and excited about that. And then uh, Weebs Rejoice Japan is like I think Lucas mentioned he's going to Japan. Japan is opening up to tourism again. That was officially announced over the weekend, I believe. Uh, so really awesome to see that. And I know a lot of people are like Lucas and Mickey and myself eventually are very excited to one day visit Japan. So that's awesome. And then the big piece of news. So Twitch has been in the news a lot lately. So six days oh, ago, geez. they made it's headlines. So <laughs> they made headlines for, and this is, um. there's a whole can of worms and Twitch drama to jump into here. Uh, I'm not going to get too into it, but long story short, a lot of Twitch people band together and on Twitter now, um, hold on. I'm I'm getting bad echo, and I'm hearing like a lot of clicking. By the way, when I'm talking, okay, Mickey, you gotta stop clicking. I'm not doing anything. I'm not clicking. <laughs> I'm hearing some something that sounds like a mouse click, but um, just be mindful. And then Lucas, I'm getting a little feedback from you. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. My bad. But cool, I'll get back into it. So should be good. I, I can kill that uh, echo in post. Okay. So yeah, cool. I'll get back go for into it. it. So okay, let's I'll start three, from the top. Three, two, one. I'll start from okay. the top on Twitch. So all right. Uh, big news on Twitch this uh, this week, really. Twitch has been kind of all over the place the last several Always. days, last week, really. But um, so, on this about six days ago, Twitch had announced that they were getting rid of gambling on the platform, and there's kind of a long-winded drama reason as to why that happened. There was some like scamming going on from a you know a notorious gambler on the platform, scamming people out of money so we could gamble bribing. more. There was some bribing going yeah. on apparently. Um, and long story short, they have 
not cancel. <laughs> well, I guess they did cancel. They have banned gambling in the form of slots and on Twitch as well as some other forms, I believe. But to my understanding, sports betting is still allowed. Uh, I don't know. Yes, exact- yes, it's, it's mainly like roulette dice, like the pure chance games. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So I can still have my blackjack career streamed. That's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's wait, so blackjack is that what, not pure? Ch- can you do blackjack? Well, blackjack. I do skill. not know about blackjack. You can do poker blackjack? still, I think. Yeah, I mean, can you do poker? Is technically like a skill. Skill. Yeah, you can still do it's poker. Not pure chance, but but it's ironic because kind of what brought this to light, like I mentioned, was a scammer who primarily does um, sports betting, like on tennis and golf matches. And he was scamming people, like asking them for money. His viewers, like, yo, I'll pay you back. Just give me some, you know, some cash. And apparently, he scammed over like three hundred k, I think, or something like that, or two. Like, yeah, that might be exaggerated. A lot of money is the point. Um, and then that didn't even lead to sports gambling being banned. It just put on the other game. So a little irony there. But after you know, Twitch has that big W. They finally do something good for once. Naturally, the next day they decide to push the boundaries and do the little good news, bad news strategy, and they announce that. They are going back to a consistent 50-50 ad revenue split effective June 1st, 2023 for all creators. Previously, if some creators did have more favorable splits with Twitch, um, some being able to earn as high as 70-30 splits in their favor of uh, subscription fees. However, Twitch didn't really have a consistent framework for this. They were kind of all over the place, not really having a consistent criteria for who was eligible for these. Um, um, I have to imagine these were deals that were given out in the heat of the moment during the peak of the streaming wars, just to keep people on their platform and not risk losing them to YouTube, Mixer at the time, Facebook gaming, whatever it may have been. So going forward, starting June 21st, 2023, these creators will be moved back to their previous deals, which would have been 50-50. It'll be kind of a staggered um, approach in the sense that the first 100K they make will still be from a 70-30 split or whatever their previous deal was on, whether it was 70-30 or 60-40. But then every dollar earned after that first 100K will be split 50-50. So I have a feeling that that won't really matter to the people that actually do have those deals because they're probably already getting subscribed to so much um, that they're probably going to hit that 100k within their first several months, and then very quickly after that, move to the 50/50. So I think it's kind of just a uh, it's it's uh, a little bit of Twitch trying to say like, hey, we're not being that bad about it, but still kind of unfortunate for those people that did have those deals, and they did try to highlight that they are you know pushing um, ads more and trying mm-hmm. to can you know, trying to tell creators that they can make up the revenue, the lost revenue in the form of ads, where their ads revenue split is um, going up from 55 to 45, which is interesting, but I don't think it's great as well. You know, and it's a shame for people that can't afford a subscription that a Twitch streamer may feel the need to just plug them with more ads to make up any lost revenue. Um, and it was just bizarre to me because one of the reasons they cited for having to do this and not being able to offer higher splits like other platforms do was citing that, and this is a quote, um, we don't typically talk about this, or basically that the overhead cost of running a stream is $1,000 per month for like people that stream anywhere from about... that. The people that would stream, or stream about 200 hours per month, that would end up costing Twitch 
just like in the hosting fees or, you know, however all that server space works. About just the da- server space for data and like mm-hmm. video, audio and everything. About $1,000. And this is a quote from Twitch uh, from Dan Clancy in this letter he sent out. Dan says, quote, we don't typically talk about this because frankly, you shouldn't have to think about it. We'd rather you focus on what you do best, but to fully answer the question of why not 7030, ignoring the high cost of delivering Twitch, the Twitch service would have meant giving you an incomplete answer. And I hate this for several reasons because <laughs> it's so bad. Like that's not my problem. That's if I was a Twitch creator, I'm I'm thinking, well, that's not my problem. Why can YouTube give me 70-30? You know, why can Facebook gaming give me higher splits or whatever? And 50-50 is very low on the scheme, the grand scale of things, considering other platforms like YouTube 70-30. I don't have it off the top of my head right now, but I do recall Facebook being higher. Um and even just streaming stuff aside, I saw along with all this news, I saw just tweets going about like, you know, these kind of platforms in general where subscription fees are split. I think OnlyFans does like an 80-20. I think Fansly, which is again similar to OnlyFans, does a similar like 85-15. And FanHouse, I think, does a like 90-10 split. So, you know, and YouTube, one of the Twitch's biggest creators, like I mentioned, does 70-30 split. In favor way of better the content creators. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, Twitch no, is really <laughs> kind of just shooting themselves in the foot on this one, wouldn't you say, boys? Yeah, I got I got two two initial reactions on this one. One, you know, I just I, you type in Twitch drama on Google, and you have to sort through the current Twitch drama that is going on because there's so much always always going on at the same time. There, like, there's so uh, much streamer fights right now. There's just like streamers fighting with each other. There's like this whole gambling thing. There's the split changes and stuff like that. It's like Twitch is so constantly on a negative news cycle, which is just, it's a miracle that like, you know, during these streaming wars, like in the last like three, four years, like they really haven't been like dethroned despite like all the shit. Like this is just so- There, it, there is hey, one thing that keeps them being top dog. And the thing that will keep them as the top dog for the next several years is Twitch Prime. That Twitch is Prime. the biggest thing. It's it's insane that he can just they can just say like, hey, 50-50 split, and then go like, oh, did you realize that it costs us a thousand dollars a month to allow you to stream? It's which, like no, which I it actually not doesn't know that. It doesn't no. actually cost them that. That that's what they charge to out to outsource for any kind of business to come use their products. That's what they charge them. Guess what? Twitch is owned by Amazon. It's their product. They're they're no way they're not upscaling the charge. You're cutting out. (laughs) Mickey, you're peeking on your mic, man. You're screaming too loud. Sorry, sorry. I I got I got just got really close to the mic because I get really heated about this topic specifically. No, 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 I got you. I got you. I got you. Let's take a breath. Let's take a breath. Okay. No, I get it. It's bullshit. It's just like I mean the quote itself to say like a thousand dollars per month. Yeah, like you know we're talking about like. He's literally bringing in the cost of server space and like just the bottom line cost to like produce, like to basically host content that they didn't create. It's like no shit, you know? I'm not gonna like, I wouldn't expect like any, like any platform like that is not out here telling me like what it costs them to host me or them, like my data and my content to go through their servers. It's just, it's a really weird kind of zone to be in. And, um, I don't know. Just uh, seriously, a miracle that they they have really stayed uh, top dog for yeah. so long. N- not yeah, not but- to mention that they're trying to push to the fifty fifty while only allowing streamers to broadcast at six thousand bit rate. Uh, 
second or minute. I forget what the actual it's supposed to be on the scale. And it barely lets you get 1080p 60 FPS. And YouTube does the 70-30 split. Let's eat stream in 4K. I was gonna say they yeah. do 4K, yeah. And they yeah. tried touting like, oh, it's just you know giving you this great quality is such a such a struggle. But um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, crazy, crazy. Ah, fuck Twitch. <laughs> that, I know it's TL, funny. TLDR. It's it really it. sucks. It's like um like Mickey. I think you'll you'll uh, identify here. It's like there's. I mean, it's still happening now. But like the NFL is on a constant negative news cycle. Like literally, like every year, it's like a big negative headline about football. You know, whether it's like CTE or player scandals or players doing something wrong or Goodell's a loser and he's he's man he's like doing something wrong and like it people still watch football people are like still going to always like tune in on Sunday and like you know the audience is just there you know so I just feel like Twitch is just I mean like I said I I was actually trying to find out about the gambling Twitch drama just like I went on TikTok and searched up like Twitch drama and like there was this, there was like some streamer wars. There's Pokimane saying said the N word a few years ago, I guess. Like <laughs> I was like, I right, cannot. That one's keep up. super old news. I was like, I, I cannot that pop up. <laughs> it popped up again because somebody else is I don't know, streamers. That, no, well, I, I know because it started with like train wrecks like being all pissy because ban uh gambling got banned and he's like a big gambling streamer. So is he the one with the sexual assault? No, no, no. He, he's the one who unveiled the sexual assault out of another oh streamer. God. Just out of nowhere, just blew it up. And people were like, wait, wait, wait. What the fuck is this about? What is he talking just, about, Miss so, Gift? Just, <laughs> it's just so, yeah. And then Pokimane, I think, had a comment. Or somebody else had a comment. And then Pokimane got involved. And then people reposted the... Yeah, because like, like Pokimane, so, Hassan, their group, blah, 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 were like trying to... They're advocating to ban gambling for the longest time. And they used the the problem with slicker the person who like scammed everybody out of money which was over like three hundred thousand dollars worth of money right that he scammed out they used that to like advocate to ban gambling even though it's, he wasn't gambling through those means he was sports betting it's just like i mean i i don't know there's so much mudslinging when it comes to like twitch streamer drama oh it's stuff. terrible everyone everyone it's just so goes through everyone's like dm like everyone just finds an old dm or an old tweet and just like throws it out there and anyway, I know it doesn't have to do with the exact topic of the 50-50 split in the letter from Dan Clancy, but I'm just saying in general, it's just like exhausting to have to read about it. yet another Twitch thing. That's yeah, like it, it's gotten so, so bad that like most streamers are saying like, yeah, I will move to I'll move to YouTube if this ad thing goes through. Like wow. I don't want to play this many ads. Well, they have a full year uh, about the 50-50 split thing because it's uh, mm -hmm. effective June 1st, 2023. So yep. Yep. they have a little while. Cool. All right. Uh, moving on. So is that was that everything, Matt? You want anything to touch on it? Anything else to touch on there? Twitch is whack. Twitch is whack. All right. Twitch Matt is whack. said it. Uh, Matt is certainly not the first person to say it, but uh, and he certainly won't be the last. But we will keep saying it on this show. Um, okay. One topic I got here. Um, this is actually pretty pretty new news. Actually, just today. Uh, official E three twenty twenty three dates. I saw that uh, June sixteenth. Our 13th through 16th with a separate industry and gamer day. Uh, so the events actually have been taken over. Uh, E3 has traditionally been hosted by ESA. I think we talked about this past summer how there wasn't an E3. We actually called it not E3 or it was, uh, what was it called? GamesCon or Summer Games, of Games? Summer Games, yeah. Summer Games. Um, and the new E3, which is... All, it's it's the same, basically going to be the same thing hosted by a different event sort of 
events company called ReadPop. Uh, ReadPop actually hosts New York Comic Con and PAX, so you know, pretty prestigious uh, events that people love there. And they're now going to be producing um, the concrete dates for E3, which is Tuesday, June 13th until Friday, June 16th. There will be a mix of uh, industry and consumer days and digital events taking place on the 11th and running throughout that week. Uh, so the cool thing here is there will be um, that those first you know few days there's going to be exclusive industry groups and space for you know people to network and gamers studios and developers to kind of mingle um, you know press conference space and you know developers to actually have their really cool presentations so hopefully we could actually see some you know really cool Sony stuff come up we could actually see some Microsoft stuff um, Nintendo typically has not been. E3 oriented the last several years or really, you know, the last, I mean, I can't remember the last time they weren't doing some sort of Nintendo Direct in favor of, of a, um, or doing an E3 thing in favor of a Nintendo Direct thing. But uh, we can look forward to some really awesome industry oriented press conferences uh, in mid-June. And then there will be a consumer oriented day. Uh, where, you know, June 15th and 16th, where gamers could actually go hands-on, do demos, talk to developers, content creators can come through, media personalities and more. Um, so I'm thinking uh, TFP E3, June 15th, 16th? I'm thinking TFP, let's get in there as industry June 13th. I don't see why not. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Man, I'm thinking too small. Yeah. Not a bad idea. Yeah, maybe, maybe they can think that we're uh, real... I mean, we are a real player in this industry. So yeah, just send them the website. The website looks good. Oh yeah, the website looks great. Yeah. Um, no, not actually, not not a bad idea. But yeah, pretty cool. Um, you know, I know we've talked about it. We talked about it on the E3 episode. Um, kind of been like kind of a bummer that it wasn't there in name as E3. Although the summer games thing was was pretty cool. Um, you know, to have like kind of a solid centralized industry centric, like E3 has always been the like event per year, once a year where like it made mainstream news headlines. Like, you know, you talk about video games on the evening news and E3 would come up and you'd hear about Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft like all over the place for, you know, a good week in the summer. We didn't really have that last couple of years, obviously with COVID and with just a lack of E3 period. Um, but now we can look forward to it this upcoming summer, which is very excited. And hopefully you could look forward to your hosts uh, attending. Yes. So, yeah. So it's got, exciting. What do, we, what do we think yeah. of that, boys? Yeah. I, I'm i excited to attend. And I think <laughs> that overall, I mean, I'm just really excited that it's back. I, you know, you can argue whether or not it's needed, but I just, I appreciate it existing. It, you know, like I said, may or may not be outdated. That's up for debate, but. The fact that it exists, I think, is uh, is pretty cool. So I'm yeah, all for it. Super cool. Um, all right, I got this next one. This is a pretty interesting one, guys. I had linked it to to you on the note sheet here. I just wanted to see if you saw, but this is actually coming from Vice. Uh, this is a story that had come out about a week ago. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security has offered or has spent seven hundred thousand dollars in grant money investigating radicalization in gaming. Okay, this was a super, super interesting headline that I, had, I saw from Vice this past week. And basically, the well, I'll, I'll read the quote here. Uh, Over the past decade, video games have increasingly become focal points of social activity and identity creation for adolescents and young adults. 
Relationships made and fostered within game ecosystems routinely cross over into the real world and are impactful parts of local communities. The grant announcement on the Department of Homeland Security's website said, correspondingly, extremists have used video games and targeted video game communities for activities ranging from propaganda creation to terrorist mobilization and training. So the money is going uh, to be a joint venture between Middlebury Institute's Center on Terrorism, Extremism, and Counterterrorism, or the CTEC, and Take This, which is a nonprofit specializing in mental health and video gaming, um, and logically a company attempting to solve the problem of bad behavior online at scale. So, you know, I think we've we've talked about on this show before how, you know, there's a lot of problematic behaviors <laughs> coming from the gaming community in general. Um, I have heard some really insane stuff like Roblox servers or Minecraft servers that are filled with like extremist propaganda or like white nationalist stuff. <laughs> and like, I think it's kind of no surprise that like gamers are just really terrible in online communities, even like Reddit. Go to any r slash gaming Reddit thread and just sort by like worst comments. You're just going to see racism, homophobia, like everything like and white nationalism comments too. Like if there's ever any woke, quote, woke uh stuff in a game or like people got you should i mean the comments were insane even when you saw like that there was a like uh you know homosexual relationship in like the last of us 2 it's like people lose their mind gamers will lose their mind over anything like that um so anyway i think this is actually a really interesting thing in general i seven thousand seven hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money um you know obviously it's the department of homeland security so you know federal government funding here um, but yeah, what are your guys' take on this one? First thought, I find it very odd. It was such a specific amount of money. The actual amount awarded <laughs> was $699,763. I would just, I don't know, I, I'd love to just chat with whoever's doing. Whoever the, approved that. Whoever approved <laughs> that, whoever's working the books for the Department of Homeland Security, because I think there's a bigger thing going on here that they know and that the world needs to know about. So that's where <laughs> I start with this. Um, from there, I, I, I turn into mixed feelings. Mm -hmm. On one end of the spectrum, I think it's great that if there is any radicalization in gaming going on, if there is anyone truly being driven to do heinous acts, you know, it's one thing if someone acts a certain way, but if they become actively abusive because of this, something they picked on, uh, picked up on or absorbed through gaming, that's very problematic, obviously, and that should be addressed. So I think it's great that that is being looked at. However, it also makes me sad that this might be something that's happening with gaming, that people, that one... If, if these people genuinely are being radicalized, that it is happening through gaming. But the two, it makes me sad that if it's not actually happening and gaming is just being scapegoated for shitty people, you know, that is also a bit of a bummer. So, yeah. and you know, through the years, gaming has, I mean, and there's no secret that, yeah, if you go on to gaming forums, yeah, like you mentioned, Luke, you'll see shitty comments whenever there's any sort of progressive thing in a game. But, you know, you talk about the first time that, you know, the, uh, you talk about like a movie or a TV show that, you know, like the first openly gay character or like Marvel, people are going to like flip over that, you know, things like that. So it's not, it's not tied to just, it's gaming. not unique to gaming this, this right. issue. So 
there there's two sides to it. it if if it is a genuine issue and it is happening it's great it's being addressed and if it's not a genuine issue it sucks that it's being scapegoated but yeah i don't know i'm i'm trying my best to play devil's advocate on this um but at the end of the day, I think I, I'm just really zoned in on the $699,760. <laughs> and I also, you know, capping aside, I, I really doubt that's enough for any meaningful research as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, one thing, oh, well, Hot Mickey, you got, you got a take on this one? What do you think? I know you called uh, gamers dogs last week, so I wanted to know what your thoughts were. Uh, yeah, they, they are complete idiots. But from what <laughs> I'm reading from this article is I, I didn't really get that it was targeting like like misogynist, homophobic. They're not, they're not targeting that kind of stuff. They're more targeting uh, like how you can create like, say like a, uh, a guild and wow, you can make cra- private groups in these games and they pretty much off the radar of like what like the fbi would surveil like on the common apps like twitter whatsapp blah blah blah. so they find a little community inside a game that aren't being monitored where they can talk about shit that's mm-hmm. what i was like yeah. that's what i thought this article was talking about no no yeah it, it does cover that a lot i kind of mentioned that like there's minecraft servers or you might find roblox servers that are like extremely pro- problematic and filled with like like kind of a breeding ground for radicalization and stuff like that And like radicalization is like a huge word right now, a huge idea that's like really prevalent that the government and I mean, a lot of people are very, very worried about. So it makes sense. Um, But what I think is interesting, you know, they're talking about this from like a um, a community driven thing, like online communities can like are big uh, online communities are a big part about young people's identity, like the creation of young people's identity. And it's a vulnerable place for people to become radicalized. Right. But if you think about what video games like are, it's funny how we've gone from like, I mean, video game violence in video games or like video games having like really mature, I guess, subject matter. I mean, we all remember the mission, no Russian from Call of Duty, right? Mm-hmm. It's like literally you walk in and shoot yeah, up an entire airport, brutal. right? Brutal, brutal. That was like 15 years ago. So like it was, it's like the, the violence has shifted from the problem with video games is not the content within the video games themselves. It's like the communities that people find within video games. Um, so I think ultimately we're kind of in this zone where we're, we, the government feels that they have to do research and monitor these kinds of things. And I mean, Hey, I kind of come from like a spot of, you know, it is, it is something that's probably worth looking into and whatever they find is probably going to help in some sort of way. Um, but yeah, I, I got mixed feelings on this one in general. I mean, we're erring on the side of safety, but who knows what they'll find. I mean, a lot of this stuff could be like word about word of people talking about how we have this kinds of these kinds of radicalizations going on in these communities. And here's where you have to look and here's what people are actually saying. I mean, that will all come out in this sort of grant. Um, or, you know, whatever program is funded by this grant. Um, but we'll see. I guess we just keep an eye on, on you know, this particular, what was it? The, uh, oh, geez, uh, Middlebury's Institute for Center on Terrorism, yeah. Extremism, and Counter. Ultimately, yeah, so. more than anything, and I know I kind of strayed from the point of the article, but it is upsetting that they are using games as, or, you know, games as a meeting place, basically. That, uh, to be clear on my statement on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, you said it, Hot Mickey, it's like different from the common apps, right? Like Twitter, like when you see extremism on Twitter, it's like very easy to spot. 
right? Yeah. But you can't exactly catch extremism or like radicalization or like plant plots for terrorists. Yeah, I'm like not even acts sure. Of violence. I'm not even sure how like how this investigation we even go because like say so, like you found a guild and wow that like was like a massive beating place, uh, like they, they could literally just go to a different game. And it'd be yeah, so yeah, no, I. I think I think it's more just like the impact of these kinds of things on like young vulnerable people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I'm I don't think it's like a criminal like investigation of like oh where are they? Like where are the proud boys on Minecraft? Where what server <laughs> are like what where's where's like the extremist guild in in this particular WoW server? Um, I don't know if it's exactly like that, but I think they'll probably, probably find some very interesting things because I know like in the back of my head that like I understand in an abstract way that young people do have a lot of their identity formed because of video games and the communities that they play with in video games. I know that even in college, like when we were in our little community with like competitive smash, you know, a lot of points of view kind of form when you're in that sort of community. Granted, we're a little bit older, but imagine if you're a young person and some extreme ideas are coming forth to you and you're only like 13 and you're extremely vulnerable. Um, I think studying that impact is gonna be worthwhile for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, that was what I had there. I got a short one. Oxenfree lost signals delayed to 2023. Um, I think we all saw that one coming. Matt, I'm sure you saw that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, kind of sad. Uh, but hey, look it. They said, to make Oxenfree 2 truly special and add more localizations, we're moving our release window to 2023. You know, we hope that. Thank you for your patience, support, understanding. We can't wait to share the game with you. Hey, you know what? Hopefully it's good. We just want it to be good. Yeah, I was expecting this. Um, I'm just like annoyed it took him this long to announce it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love the first Oxen Free. It's well known that I loved that game. Uh, it was a great episode as well. Go back and check it out if you haven't. But um, yeah, I'm glad they're taking the time they need to make it good. I'm personally right, a fan right. whenever companies can bite the bullet and push something off instead of making all of their artists and programmers go and crunch time for That's right. terrible hours, like 14, 16 hour days, just for like a month straight. Just to launch Cyberpunk 2077 at launch. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, uh, we're full in agreement on that one. I think most of the audience members are in full agreement there. But yeah, yeah I think it, it's, it just comes down to, hey, like, you know, I'd always rather see a game get delayed and be good later than a game get rushed. Not just for the hours thing, Mickey, too, but, you know, just like the quality of the game and like the trust. Like, you just want to release a good product. You want to release a good game when it comes out. Uh, I. You know, there's nothing tackier than like you release the broken game and then you have to do all these updates like a month later. You might as well just have delayed yeah. the game two you, months you, if it you, took you two you months. You to fix need it. a good developer-player connection relationship uh, in order for your game to actually thrive. Because like, mm-hmm. look at the shit show that Cyberpunk went through at the beginning. Like I, that game, like with all the hype it have, and then with how much shit it got uh, at launch, like they destroyed a big amount of their player base they're getting sued. i mean they got sued for it too like they their investors sued them because of like the <laughs> the amount of money that was lost due to their stock dropping so yeah no uh it's uh 
for sure. I mean, always delay your game, please. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, Mickey, I know you got a, I got, a, you got an interesting one here. Something yeah, about a butt so, plug in chess. Yes. Can you explain this one? <laughs> and there's no exaggeration with that from from Lucas right there. Uh, so there have there has been if you fall fall in like any sort of the chess world right now, the number one player in the world, uh, Magnus Carlsen, lost to a nineteen-year-old up-and-comer. Hans Nielman and what was even more astounding is Magnus Carlsen lost on the white side and which for those of you who don't like know much about chess white has a massive advantage over black so black is pretty much just playing to tie but Hans managed to beat Magnus Carlsen the best chess player in the world the best chess player like ever uh is like on uh, uh from uh like total consensus is that he's the best to ever play the game and he lost on white side in a game. <laughs> I, 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 first of all, I didn't know that about white side. Uh, that's pretty interesting. And kind of, how do they balance that out? How do you not, how's that not broken in competitive chess? Do you well, just keep you, switching? You keep flipping sides, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, is it best of five? I mean, it just feels uh, like I, 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 <laughs> I, 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 I don't know exactly what the tournament format is, but pretty much okay, so. Continue. Okay. So goes on, and then Hans uh, goes and gets interviewed after beating. After beating Magnus Carlsen, and he's just he's just like kind of like obviously shook him because he just beat the best player to ever play the game, and he's talking about like how he found he, he devised a plan to beat him. He's like, oh, I just studied this line, and what what uh, what we mean by line is in chess. Whenever you like the first like twenty moves in a series, that's like a chess line. Uh, and both players like will know like oh if he does this I can do this like it's all pre-planned in your head you already like studied it out and Hans said like oh I had studied this one particular Magnus line and he just happened to play this game and he was just like freaking out that Magnus actually played the line and and that's how he got the win people looked into it and Magnus had only played that specific line a single time in his career and people were like, wait, how the hell did you know he would play this line? This is a little suspicious. And uh, to, to add more suspicion to him, Hans is a known cheater in online chess. He did it when he would, like, he pointed out two instances in, when he was 13 and when he was 16. And he's 19 now. So, like, he cheated, like, just three years ago, which isn't exactly a lot of time to grow from your mistakes and make sure that you're, st you're an honorable player. But... He did re release a video saying that he's never cheated in uh, over-the-board chess. Uh, but he did just recently get banned from chess.com. Whoa. Yeah. And according to them, it's for more than what he's been letting on from cheating. Mm. So, like... So, he's cheated more. They, According to chess.com, he's cheated more. Like... Uh, that's what's insinuated. So I want to hear about the butt plug. Okay, let me get. This. Yeah, can you tell us about this butt so, plug idea that's going on here? So, uh, like Magnus Carlson, uh, he ended up withdrawing from this tournament, and he ended up tweeting out saying like, "Oh, it's nice. I always enjoy competing in this tournament, but I'm gonna back out." And then he just posted a video saying, uh, "Like, of the soccer coach saying like, if I talk, I'm just gonna get in trouble." <laughs> and so that that made the chess world go wild and there's saying like 
what is he accusing Han, uh, Hans of cheating? It's like, how can he cheat? Because like to get into a chess match, you got you you go through a metal detector, you get like pat down like a shit ton, and like it's very difficult to cheat in over the board chess. So the biggest common theory is that uh, Hans put a butt plug inside him that had that would vibrate, <laughs> telling him like what moves to do. Uh, that what what move would be the best move uh, according to what uh, Magnus Carlsen so did, and there is so technology good. for like some kind of like a vi- uh, like a little computer device to be able to vibrate and like send you Morse code to uh, be able to tell you what move to do. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think Hans would have had a lot more trouble finishing that match if he had a yeah, <laughs> I, uh, like like you would hear got- the butt plug. Like he, he, have, not he like, would have been having the time of his life up there too. We got <laughs> yeah, he would have been like, yes. he would have been like, inst- like he would have been feeling good. He would have been moaning. You know, there's no way. There's he just, he, he had he has agreed to play an over the board match naked to prove that, that he hilarious. didn't do it. Well, that doesn't mean anything to me. The plugs <laughs> in there, good. We're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna know. Yeah, exactly. So he be should... like surgically inserted for all I know. Yeah, and this yeah. first match happened all the way back in September 6th, so about like three weeks ago. They played again in an online match on September 19th, and Magnus agreed, knowing that he could play Hans in the match, and they ended up they ended up playing, and then after Magnus did one move, Hans did his second move, Magnus uh, disconnected from the match and disconnected his video feed, and they were like, wait, uh, I think Magnus Carlsen just withdrew, and he just forfeited the game, and so it just caused another uproar, so like he's been very subtle on like how he's accusing Hans of cheating without deliberately saying he's cheating. Uh, <laughs> honestly, Magnus Carlson just from from these his actions here, he's kind of soft, bro. Like he withdrew from an online match and he he left the chess tournament that he lost. Did he lose a complete match or did he lose, just lose a game? Okay, so lost but, a but game. But it was a round robin. Uh, it was it was a round robin. So you don't play a best of series in these. You play it's a single round robin. You play one game. He, lo- he lost a game to basically a kid, a 19-year-old, and leaves the tournament. That's soft. That's soft. That's just soft right there. Can we Pretty agree? Uh, yeah. But then uh, he did release a statement today formally stating he thinks Hans cheated. But he, w- he won't <laughs> go into more detail and uh, unless like Hans gives him permission to do so. He will uh, not... Uh, delve further into his accusation i think he's like trying to like build up his proof i don't know but that, it all that sounds pretty <laughs> silly for me and uh, i'm not a fan of this at all from from magnus if he doesn't have proof that he's willing to publish then fuck off dude um, <laughs> mr beast replied go sorry matt go ahead <laughs> no, no no what did mr beast say mr beast replied and said they should do a tsa body scan before a match to check for anal beads uh, on the reply to the Magnus Carlsen statement, I mean, maybe, that was just released today. maybe, right? But yeah, I'm not buying this butt plug theory. That's pretty intense. If he, if it's real, oh yeah, I don't, I don't buy uh, it either. What, what I do buy is uh, Hans could have had an inside guy on Magnus's team that's feeding him what he was gonna play. That how how could a 19 year old have any sort of leverage to some Swedish like, to get that? Not Swedish. Is he Swedish? Well, the 19-year-old uh, Hans Niemann is American. He's American. Right? Hans is American. Is Magnus, uh, Magnus is some like European. Mm. Some European. Yeah. Who? There was a guy that... Um, Magnus Carlsen was not the chess player we talked about who uh, 
was like pro Russia, anti Ukraine, right? That was somebody else. That was somebody right? else. That was somebody else. Okay, 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 cool, good. Um, well, you know, it's just uh, there's uh, just like I don't know the chess world super well, but just hearing about all this, one kind of disappointing that like the best chess player in the world has to like have such a fragile like ego that he has to, like he loses a game anyone could lose a game like no matter how no matter if you're the best in the world at anything no, he, like, he, he, are, he's, he's dropped games like several games before like oh, it's okay. never gone yeah. like, it's never gone like this this is the first time he's like blown up about it yeah it just i mean he's he's coming at a 19 year old basically with no proof and just an accusation of cheating with with zero evidence just to like save face i guess and he also left in the middle of an online match it's like i don't know it seems weak for sure uh wildly weak not a fan yeah. all right uh that's what we got for that one uh moving on so well actually we're i guess we we're kind of already going over here man we had so many headlines we wanted to get through but let's uh let's let's do it fast style here real quick uh matt let's hit us with one of your things that you got here <laughs> the big one that we talked so, about at the top of the show so <laughs> uh vladimir putin uh everyone's least favorite Russian has given Edward Snowden Russian citizenship, which if those of you might not be familiar with Edward Snowden, I think it was in 2013 this happened, right? I think so. Yes. 2013 Snowden was working for the NSA. Basically just leaked a whole bunch of stuff about how the U S government was just like a whole bunch of surveillance stuff and that they were being very intrusive with their surveillance. Um, and then he immediately ran away and has been, um, in Russia, on what I understand up to this point, has been asylum, but he is now there on as a citizen. So he's now Edward Snowden wow. is now a Russian citizen. Russian citizen. So, Interesting. Uh, Putin has laid down on that one. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't like Putin. I was actually pretty neutral about Edward Snowden, and I think this is really just a political thing by Putin. For you know, but I don't, I'm not really sure if I have a strong opinion on this. I just kind of. I don't know. I saw that. Crazy headline. I, just kinda, I just got a chuckle. Like, oh, I forgot about forgot for one. I forgot Snowden was a thing, and two, <laughs> it's just like I, I, I don't know. I, I really just like the idea that among the craziness because the Ukraine war is still going on. I, I really like the idea that among all that madness, Putin is just like, let's I, make Edward. I, let's Snowden make Edward Snowden a citizen. citizen. But Insane. yeah, Putin sucks. Um, I don't really have any thoughts on Snowden, and that's that's what I got. All right. Um, Last of Us live action trailer dropped today. Yeah, uh, you guys see it? Did you guys watch I it? I did watch it. I did. Yeah, cool. I liked. Uh, I liked really the cool. design for the infected. I thought it looked cool. Yeah, I thought that looked cool. They didn't show uh, too one, much, but I thought it looked cool. One thing I did notice that I didn't like was that the infected really sounded quite a bit like the infected from um, World War Z. They, like mm. I never saw World War Z, so I would not be able to make that I, connection. I didn't yeah. see that movie really either. So they made like clicking noises. So I was uh, I was surprised to see that. Yeah, I love uh, the act. The main actor Pablo uh, Pascal, right? Uh, Pedro Pascal, from I think right? Pedro Pedro yeah. Pedro or Pablo Pascal P Pascal. Uh, you know, famously on Game it's of Pedro. Thrones for yeah. Pedro. Yeah, uh, had a really brief role on Game of Thrones years ago and played a really awesome character. And his career has really taken off since then. Um, you know, excited to see him in that role. I think he looks great. I think he's totally pulling off everything. Um, and I think 
think we'll watch the show. Honestly, if it's on HBO, like if I'm going to trust any like network with an, an adaption of something, like if this was on Netflix, I wouldn't have as much faith in it. But seeing like the HBO logo there just kind of gives me more confidence. I'm not yeah. sure about you guys, but I'm just like, 100%. yes, okay. It's like the trailer looked really gonna, good too. Like the trailer looked cool. From what, yeah. from what I've read online, it's like most people say like, oh, this looks like a good adaptation so far. Based on the trailer, it looks like a faithful adaptation of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So looks cool. I think we could all look forward to that. I, I don't think there was a release date in it. Did you guys catch a release date? I might have missed uh, that. I may have I missed that as that. well. Just next year sometime, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Mickey, is this you uh, putting this on uh, update on the Yu-Gi-Oh! ban list? Oh, yes. That's hot, that's hot news right there. Yes, you it is. That one? And uh, the big thing with Yu-Gi-Oh! Because like, they haven't had a ban list in so long. Because usually they do every six months. Konami's just been like super delayed with like everything they keep they keep pushing back more and more but it finally came out today and the only thing i actually really cared about on this ban list because i don't i don't really do the tcg i mainly do master duel which has its own ban list uh is the comeback of cyber jar which is like one of the og cards and it just had an effect where like, i remember if, this card if it, if it flips face up destroy all monsters on the field and then you flip five cards on the top of your deck and you special summon any four star lower monsters that are allowed to be special summoned and just play them out it's a really fun card to used back in the day and all these like tryhards have to had to make it had to find a broken shot with it and push it away all right unbanned but it's Sound back jar unbanned. Right. that classic throw i remember that card that was a, that was a cool card um all right uh anything else we wanted to cover here we uh, uh any, any... i do want to give a quick shout out to twitch just had a new number one most subscribed streamer uh amp kai uh, he got 80,000 uh, 80, subs about three days ago, just Whoa. hit 90,000. And like the one Whoa. he broke the threshold to get the, the to become number one, uh, he got a call from his mom and he put it on speaker. And it was just like the most heartwarming thing I saw. Like she said, like how you're always grinding. I knew you'd be able to get this. Like you're such that. a hard worker. It's nice. And uh, it, was, it was such a beautiful moment to watch. And I think it's the it's the first he's the first black streamer to achieve number one on Twitch for the most. Wow, most subs. really, Fuck really, yeah. really That's cool. Sick. Nice. All right, maybe some of our listeners uh, watch him. It'd be really cool. This is actually the first I heard of him, and it's crazy how big the internet is. Like <laughs> the, this guy <laughs> freaking blows up, becomes number one, and this is just the first I heard of him. And he's also the most organic growing streamer because most of these streamers. They got these numbers from doing some kind of subathon. He didn't do any of that. He did it all natural. He just st stuck to a schedule and his viewer count just rose, 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 and his sub count just rose, rose, rose. And he got to where he is today through just dedication and consistency. Very cool. Oh, yeah. Very, very cool. Story. Shout out. And what was the Twitch streamer? Uh, his Twitter is AmpKai, which at K I, uh, at K I A, uh, Kinat, C E N A T. Okay, shout out Amp Kai. Good stuff. Hell Good yeah. stuff. All right. Uh, I think we could wrap it up there. Matt, uh, you got anything left to say? Uh, that's all we got. Again, everyone, you can give us a follow at, at TFP Podcast, at TFP Podcast with an S at the end. If you want to hang out with your good buddy Matt on Twitter, you can find me on Twitter at Good Idea Matthew. Lucas, where can we find you? You could find me on Instagram at Good Idea Lucas, or feel free to jump into the Discord and shoot me a Discord DM. Uh, we yes. could talk about anything from The Wire to Magic the Gathering to video games of all kinds. Mickey, if the people want to find you online, where could they find you? 
You can find me over at Twitter at Teals underscore BCB. That's the color teal with a Z at the end underscore BCB. Or you can find me in the TFP Discord. I'm always chatting in there, breaking news whenever I see it happen in there. And we love it. Love it. All right, everyone. This has been. Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Scooby Bop. Thanks for playing is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch and Red Circle 